0: Hi everybody, I'm Jeff Seckendorf, CEO of UTD. I don't even know my name of my company anymore. Change.
1: We did <laughs> what, that was, five times.
0: Yeah, it's UTD scuba diving now. Not unified team diving. Well, it's U Team Diving. Uh, or UTD Scuba Diving. Or, UTD. or UTD. You gotta have an official name. It's UTD Scuba Diving. Uh, okay. All right, welcome everybody to this podcast from UTD Scuba Diving. I'm Jeff Seckendorf, the CEO, and I'm here with Our normal crowd we got ben boss our training director hey ben hi everyone and alan weinberg hey guys how you doing alan's the head of the coaching program here at utd scuba diving and as always we're spread all over the place so i'm in san diego in california ben's in denmark alan's in spain in madrid so what we want to do today tonight is really continue our discussion on coaching and kind of get down in the weeds a little bit about how it works so We've done two prior podcasts on the scuba coaching program. One, the first one we did was with uh, Tom Danielson, who is you know, probably one of the most famous cycling coaches maybe in the world at this point. And he came on to kind of talk about what's coaching um, and, and how coaching is coaching and that we're taking this athletic model but it's all kind of the same. So that was the first thing. And then we got together about a week or two ago and we did another podcast on goals and goal setting, and how do goals and measurements and metrics and so on fit into scuba training, and particularly how does it fit into the the uh, the coaching program that we're we're working on now? So now we want to move forward and really talk about what is the what are the mechanics of getting into the program? What are you going to get out of it? How does it work? What's the software like? There was sort of the nitty gritty of coaching. So. Um, I think let's start with this whole idea of why we chose this model in the first place and just sort of recap that a bit. So, you know, before the show, we were just talking about this a little bit. So, Alan, you want to talk for a minute about, you know, why we chose this whole concept of coaching? You're a triathlon coach and you've been coached for years. so. Yeah, sure. So when when we look at the
2: current coaching models that we have out there, for all – sorts of different sports. Um, In my case, I have a a fair amount of experience with endurance sports like triathlon and so on. And looking into it, we were just considering, hey, the way we're actually approaching all of these types of endurance sports um, has a, a very big resemblance to the things that we do in some of our scuba classes, it's just that they, the scuba classes are just what I would call transactional. It's just like a, a one-stop shop. You want to do a scuba course, you do your course, and the diver is gone, right? Um, so for the instructor looking for a customer, Every time the instructor has to look for a customer, he has to spend resources getting that customer to go in and 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 take a course. So I was like, well, that's that's not particularly very efficient uh, these days. And looking at the courses, seeing that people's schedules are extremely busy, well, if you can actually take your standard coaching program that you have for like an endurance sport, and you adapt it to scuba diving, what you end up with is you have your specific lectures, okay, um, which can be considered as training sessions, okay, training sessions for the brain. And then you have your confined water sessions, which is kind of like a pool session, the same as a triathlete would do their, their their swimming, and then you have your open water sessions, which is the same as your triathlete going in and doing their open water swims to practice for their particular triathlons. So th- there is a fair amount of resemblance between both of them. You just have to kind of open your mind and 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 try and see how you can adapt um, scuba diving to such a a an approach. If you also consider the fact that a lot of the injuries that um, happen today uh, to scuba divers are actually self-inflicted because of lack of fitness, right? You're in a boat, it's rocky. You're you have a heavy tank on your back, and you just stand up, and boom, you've you've injured your your back because you lacked the, the the core strength to to perform that uh, activity, and that is something that is. Dealt with on a systematic and very um, Kind of rigorous way in endurance sports where you have to have a core fitness to be able to go in and, and and do all these other sports and Scuba diving is is no different. So we're like, well, wait a second. So we have our basic structure we can add our core and and we also have nutrition, well nutrition has been getting a lot of, of hype um, in in the recent uh, years and it's it's no wonder because if, if you don't fuel yourself correctly then you're not going to perform correctly and diving is a sport and if you go for a long dive you're going to burn a lot of calories and if you're not fueled and hydrated correctly you're going to have problems, the same as in endurance. So. That's like, hey, wait a second, that's, that's yet another element that is compatible with this approach. And so we took that and we said, okay, so what, what are kind of the standard tools that are used in, in endurance training? And, and let's see how we can fit them in. And, and, and that's how we've come up with this program and adapted it to scuba diving.
0: And we'll get to how that works with the software and all that in a minute. It was interesting because you're talking about a schedule. So um, yesterday I got a call from a a guy here in town um, in California who wanted to finish up certification, was calling to see if we're open. Uh, He's a nurse, and he has five nurse buddies who all work at the same hospital, and they all want to get certified. And, you know, I started looking at this. It's like, how are we going to get six nurses running six completely different schedules, doing basically shift work uh, in the same room at the same time for four days to do it. And it was almost impossible. So we're talking to them about coming in as a team into the coaching program. None of them need the certification card tomorrow. So it allows this, this open water class to take place over a period of months where they can go in, schedule their workouts, their academic sessions and so on. And it looks like it's going to be a really successful way to teach six people how to scuba dive together um, on their own schedules and just bring them together, you know, three at a time to do the dive. So that, that part's, part's really cool. So, so Ben, you've, you've done a, also a gazillion courses and you, you know, the thing that we always like talking about when we've been talking about coaching is spreading out the time. You know, so what does that look like in your world where, you know, looking at a a two or three month long process to become an open water diver or to do essentials versus trying to cram it into a, you know, a four day weekend or two weekends or something like that?
1: Well, what we've always found was that um, you do a program like, for example, an essentials class, a preparation class for, for furthering your technical diving skills or to get yourself you know, uh, schooled in in our way of diving, um, it's usually taught over a long weekend. But hardly hardly ever does a diver meet the performance requirements um, we set as a, as, a, as a level to pass an essentials class. After those three or four days initial training, there's always a period of of training after that, and and that always have it always has been a kind of a a loosey loose solution. So you would you know, you'd make a um, an appointment with this diver, hey, in in three weeks time, let's jump in the water together and we'll do some extra training or, you know, they shoot a video of themselves and, and you look at that and and it's I mean they know the bar and and basically we've taught them in this three or four day class how to train and what the level should be. And, and then they go out on their own, and if they're very disciplined and have a good memory, they might stay on track. But this is where the coaching program really comes into uh, its own, is that after the initial concentrated course of, for of example, uh, an essentials class or a tech class or whatever, um, people have now a, a structured path to completion. And we've always given people, even if there were IDC candidates, a so-called path to completion, to um, to complete their class. I mean, um, you know, for UTD divers out there listening, they're they're familiar with the phrase "everyone passes, just not everyone passes at the same time." And, and I think it's nobody
0: fails, yeah, exactly. But not everybody passes at the same time. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: You know, and yeah. and we've seen this time and time again. I and mean, it's sometimes. Divers lose, I don't know, focus, and it ends up taking a long time for them to complete in a, a certain class. And, and I think what the coaching offers us is giving the student an opportunity to structureize that path to completion after the initial training. I think that's really going to come into
0: its own. It's interesting. You know, we are, the three of us, and, and I think I can speak for almost all the UTD instructors, pretty much educators first, divers second. Yeah. You know, we're in this at this level because we we love the teaching part, the educating part as much as the diving part. And one of the things we know about classical education is is retention is everything. Because if you can get someone to a point where they can pass a quiz and get a card, but then two Thursdays from now they only remember a fraction of what they started, then there's no point. Right. Because you've just wasted all that time if they can't retain it. So one of the great things about spreading this, all of these courses out over the over a coaching process, over a course of weeks or months or whatever long it takes, uh, is using that concept of a path to completion to really ramp up the the capability for a student to retain the information that they're offered. Yeah. As opposed to just, you know, having it go in one ear and out the other and then you're done with it so well
1: exactly i give that some time to sink in you're talking very concentrated on one subject on one theory coaching uh session and then that that subject might have you know a week's time to sink in before you tackle the next project uh, or the next subject and i think it's a it's a more conducive um system for like you say retention so that the 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 majority of the information that's being downloaded stick sticks where it should stick um you know and that's why also there's a, a fair amount of repetition in our classes because we want to make sure that if you get 60% with you from the first class you take you might you might need a little recap of some of the things we um, we talked about in a previous class so so um yeah awesome i think that's a good thing
0: um, let's talk about semantics for a minute, because you know part of this is the way we've we've labeled everything and everybody and used you know created some terminology around scuba diving training that doesn't exist anyplace else. Um, so we are calling our instructors who are coming into the coaching program coaches. We're calling our students who come into the program athletes, and this is part of it's internal. So we have a way to kind of work. Um, The management of this system. But it's also kind of interesting because we're not trying to turn everybody into a cyclist. We're not trying to turn everybody into a triathlete. We're trying to turn everybody into the best possible scuba diver they can be. And ingrained in that is a way to to work um, parts of your life into the same thing. So you're your fitness becomes better. Your nutrition becomes better. Your attitude, your mental focus, all the other things that we do in business, in academics, in day-to-day working, all become better because we're focusing a, a system of training for something that can go outside of just the thing we're training, which in our case is scuba. So, um, you know, so why do we call our students athletes? It's an interesting question. And Alan, you're the, you're the you're the most Coachy of the coaches because you have a a triathlon clientele also. Yes. So why do we call our students athletes? I love that word. So instead
2: of just focusing on a student, where as I mentioned before, the student comes in, performs a transactional course because they just come, do it, and and go. So you lose that retention. When you have a client who is looking to change their lifestyle, right, they're, 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 they're trying to become better into diving, it might mean that they, they also have to expand their, their way of approaching diving. And so if they don't necessarily live right next to uh, the coast or, or it's not as easy for them to go diving Every other, every other weekend or, or whatever, they might have to resort to other sports to build that um, fitness that we were talking about just a minute ago to, to be better into diving. And so if let's say cycling is something of their liking or running, jogging is something else that they might uh, wish to, to do, at that point, they're they're doing multisports. They're they're now becoming athletes. They're changing their focus into broadening their approach into diving because diving is not just going in underwater. If if you're changing your lifestyle, it's it's much more than that. And therefore, we considered that naming them athletes made a lot more sense. Um, because it encompasses all of those additional areas that just a standard student who comes does the course and you never see that student again it's not the same so you have to differentiate the same as we've done with with the instructors who are now also coaches it's different
0: you know i've been riding a bike since i was you know a kid right so mm. many 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 decades now and I always considered myself a cyclist, right? And that was kind of the monica, moniker that I used for myself. I was like a cyclist. I raced a little. I was a road cyclist. When I started really being serious about competing and took on a coach um, for the sole point of being able to compete at the national level, and one day something sw- shifted and I sh- the coach started calling me an athlete, and then my friends started looking at me and saying, oh, my God, you're, you're, you're this amazing athlete. You know, you're, you're in a master's category and you're riding at the national level. And all of a sudden, the idea of athlete started to kind of infuse my psyche as a label that I really liked because I, I never really considered myself that. I, you know, I didn't play football in high school or, or baseball or any of those sports. I was just never coordinated or sm- strong or... I don't know, funny enough to, to do that stuff. But, you know, I found a bike and I sort of found my home. But still, shifting from cyclist to athlete, from scuba diver to athlete, to run, from runner to athlete, from swimmer to athlete, to me, this is a really interesting perspective on the, the, the level at which I now ride a bike, Um, which is way beyond just turning the pedals, right? It's all the things that I learned in coaching. It's the mental aspects of cycling. It's nutrition, hydration, technique, race strategy, all of that. Bringing that to scuba diving, I've been teaching it that way all my life. And I've been actually doing it that way all my life. I just never really considered the fact that I am a scuba athlete, And, you know, I've occasionally called myself a professional scuba diver, but I've never called myself a scuba athlete, and I am now, because I realized that the diving part is actually the same as the cycling part. I treat scuba diving as a lifestyle. I eat properly for a dive. I train properly for a dive. I prepare mentally for a dive. I love doing scientific diving and occupational diving, where you really have to have the diving secondary to the tasks at hand. All of that, I think, makes me a scuba athlete. And I look at both of you guys, right? You know, tech trained, cave trained, rebreather trained. And and I know that that level of training, and because of your interest in fitness and structure of training, all that, you also are scuba athletes, and this is what I want to bring to our clientele of students is this consciousness of becoming an athlete because it's so much more than a diver whereas athlete to me is so much more than a cyclist.
2: Yeah, I, th- I think you're referring to the to the process, right? What we were discussing in in our last podcast. The process is is really key to this coaching concept because there's there, there's so many different things that run in parallel Hmm. um, that when you put them together, it's not just nutrition or, or the mental part, which is also fundamental, uh, hydration, all those elements, when they come together as a plan, it's a process. And the evolution as how you start as an open water, and how you evolve over time is a process. And we've all been through that process and the standard model is very transactional. And if you have a coach, a mentor, you're gonna be able to evolve in scuba diving in a much more fluent way because you'll be able to, to try different things. You can you can start working on uh, maybe like a seminar where your instructor talks about the ratio dico, and so you know maybe it's a plus to whatever you already got in your basic course. And at that point, you're like, oh well, you know that's an area that really interests me, and and so you you keep learning and learning and learning, and and again, I do. A course every year regardless of the field uh, and it might be you know something with IT something with business you know something in sports one course and, and it's kind of to keep that process going over time so that I can evolve as a person right as a professional but also as an athlete.
1: I think also that you know when we're looking at the the intellectual part when you look at learning how to dive or or taking your diving to the next level i mean because diving is such a the- hard theory based activity and a hard equipment related activity a lot of the focus tends to go to those two parts you know the theory uh, has a lot to learn and a lot of new stuff to take in and then all the equipment all the icons sh- sh- we need to buy and all that stuff and but we kind of forget ourselves in that process that it's, A, a very motory skill-heavy task on you to learn these new things. Uh, Plus, it's a a physically tasking um, activity as well, even though that might not be so obvious because you rarely get out of the water out of breath, you know, if you're doing it right, or at at least if you're not fighting a current to get back on the boat. But usually you just come out of the dive and, you know, it's fine you don't first of all you don't know you're sweating you don't really feel that way and like i said you're not really out of breath and don't have a high pulse but that doesn't mean it's not high intensity because there's two things right i mean like like you mentioned alan the, the logging of the gear the the standing there uh, with you know your torso weight times 2 on your pelvic you know structure so your core needs to be strong even though it's not really obvious uh but also the like the cardiovascular fitness your ability to to transport gases into your body and out of your body rely upon how how your body is functioning as a as an engine uh, so you're just breathing at a very slow rate in and out but you're transporting gases in and out and we're doing it under pressure and that puts a stress on our bodies and just to go and say ah oh, you need to be in good fitness for diving you know, swim for fifty meters with a diver behind you or you know tow someone or all that sort of stuff is all good and well, but it's kind of like, yeah, you have to eat healthy, right, yeah, everyone knows that, no one does it i mean to the to the extent that it's probably needed, so I think when we when we're addressing the whole fitness stuff within diving um and calling the divers athletes, um I hope they don't get you know scared into saying okay they're gonna have to start every morning with a 10 kilometer run and um, it's just a different approach to calling them an athlete an athlete in my in my eyes means that someone has taken a sport or you know an activity to the next level becoming more a, a, a holistic look into that sport so all parts of their lives in some way or another tie into that activity um and and i think with with scuba diving a lot of divers already do that knowingly or unknowingly you know looking at the youtube videos at night or you know following a, a facebook post here and there listening to a podcast here and there you know passing by the local dive shop and all that sort of, it, it ties into a lot of aspects of their lives and if we can somehow get these people to a structured system um that it's easy for them to follow, the fitness part of being a scuba athlete. I think that's a good, a good, good step forward uh, in the in the hill diving industry. Um, on our YouTube channel, I think we have a video, um, a three-part video on how to become a, a technical diver, and the first part of that video is how to prepare yourself, your body, um, for you know the, the whole thing. And then we talk about equipment, and then we talk about the training. But um, it starts with you. And uh, I, think, I think the time is now for a lot of people also to, to take this up.
0: There's an interesting interesting um, thing I learned recently, and I should have known this forever, but you know, it's a, a, as on a bike or in triathlon or running or whatever, it's glucose is the fuel that for the most part feeds our muscles. And what I learned recently is that the brain is the organ in the body that uses more glucose than any other organ. So, you know, your the mental aspects of all of this chew up fuel which is part of the fueling process. But we don't, you know, we talk about what's the what's the part of the body that's working the most in a dive and really it's your brain. So you're going to fuel your muscles, but you're going to fuel your brain, you're going to fuel your your perception, you're going to fuel all of it. So um let me move on for a minute here and uh, let's talk about the process right let's get into this thing so we have um for the moment we're using a piece of software called training peaks which is a uh, basically a coaching software that's fundamentally a calendar program it allows us to create libraries of workouts we can drag those workouts onto the athlete's calendar so we put that in scuba language we create a library of academic classes can find water sessions, open water sessions, videos and so on. We drag those onto the student's calendar based on what we know about that student, about that athlete that I'm available, you know, 3 hours a week, it has to be Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, and then those calendars are all customized for each each of these athletes, each of these clients. You do the workout based on the time you've committed to. If you miss one, no big deal, we move it around. You finish the workout You send back a comment to your coach, your instructor. I got this. I need help on this. I wanted more of this. Do you have something I can read about on this? And then the whole thing starts all over uh, the next week. And we can lay this out in a week, a month, two-month period, um, whatever you need. Um, And the form that we send to you is really interesting, right? Because one of the most important things in that form is what are your goals and expectations? And you can go back a podcast and we've talked endlessly about the process versus outcome. But I think it's important that people come into this program with some form of expectation on what they expect to get out of it and some form of expectation on what they expect the coach to provide the same way we expect as a coach, we have expectations for this athlete. So um, let's talk about goals and expectations for just a couple of minutes it's a it's a topic that's near and dear to our heart and we just knocked out a podcast on it for an hour so you can go back to that but in in 5 minutes you know how does this line up here so the the
2: goals of um of an athlete coming in are are crucial as part of the process because that's going to set the aim of where you want to take as a coach, that particular athlete. And the same way as you might have someone come in to a triathlon coach and say, hey, well, I want to do an Ironman. And it's like, well, can you can you swim? No, I can't swim. It's like, OK, well, you know, you're not going to do an Ironman in 24 weeks because we, we first need to get you to be able to swim. It's the same thing with, with diving. Somebody comes in and says, hey, you know what? I saw this really cool video on YouTube of, of a guy doing cave diving. I want to go do cave diving. Well, you know, can you dive? No, I don't know how to dive. Well, it's the same concept. It's like, well, let's get you diving first and then evolve you into a cave diver, a safe cave diver, because, you know, right. if, if there's no point in becoming open water and putting you in a cave because you're going to have an accident, right?
0: So, And I think that's such a – I'm going to just interrupt for a second. That's so important for the coach to be able to say, great, I understand your goals. We're not going to say no to that goal ever. Exactly. You know, we're going to look at that and say, okay, here's the path to that goal. Now, it may not be what you expected, you know, that I'm going to go cave diving next week. But the point of this whole program is now you're working with a mentor or a coach who's going to give you that path. And it's going to be realistic. Exactly. I mean, look, you could turn me into an Ironman athlete if you wanted to, but you might say, look, you know, you swim like a like a you know dying monkey, so it's going to take me two years to get you to be able to swim a mile. But you're good on the bike, so y- y- you know, here's your time frame.
2: And and that's where the coach really comes into play and can help the athlete set some more realistic expectations to say, okay, you want to get to Ironman distance or cave diving. Okay, first let's break it into more manageable goals. Let's try and see if you can reach, you know, the rec three level by the end of this year. And then we'll go into a tech program and get you tech certified overhead protocols and kind of take it that way. I think from an athlete's perspective, it also helps mentally understand what is something that is achievable in in the medium short term so that that athlete doesn't get demotivated because it's like, oh, well, it's going to take me two years to become a safe cave diver. Um, after a year, I'm fed up because you know, I'm not seeing any progress, even though they might. But it all comes back to what are your expectations and your
0: goals and the intermediate goals, which is interesting. So yeah, Ben. Yeah. The, the goal
1: setting I think is crucial because it, it, it provide, it provides the instructor or the coach the ability to, to set up a time frame because he knows what it needs, what it takes to reach the goal that the client has come, uh, come forth with, uh, and like alan said it it gives them an opportunity to to maybe chop it up into smaller pieces but it also means that uh, we always talk in scuba diving with the about the end goal in mind all our classes are basically built with an end goal in mind Um, acknowledging the fact that not all the goals are are set in stone you might start out you know thinking that scuba diving is something you will enjoy on your holidays you know once or twice a year and once you start getting into it 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 kind of gets a hold of you for like for many divers it does and it starts becoming a more lifestyle kind of full-time hobby thing and so so your your goals might shift during during all of this and and we've always put pride in the fact that we developed the courses with the end goal in mind so our training is consistent that regardless of where you want to end up as a diver, you'll never have learned something you don't need or, or you have to relearn something that you have to do differently. Um, and, and now if the student can come, in, come to us the, or the athlete can come to us and say, hey, this is my end goal. How do I work towards that? We know all the intermediate steps as coaches to help them reach that goal. Uh, and that just provides a much more fair and a much more measurable way
0: of reaching that goal. No, 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 I think I think that's it's a really good point. And it also, you know we've talked a lot about the process and so on, but we do have certification on the table here. I don't want I want to make it clear that you can go through the coaching program and if you're looking for a certification, Tech one, open water, Rec three, whatever it happens to be, Your coach will put you on a path to certification and that when you reach that bar, when you make that level, he'll just sign off on you. You'll have done the academics, you'll have done the dives, you'll have done the quizzes and you'll have made the requirements and you'll get a certification card. We don't want to take that off the table because the cards still have value in that you need them to buy gas. You need them to get into some environment. Sometimes you need them to get on a boat and so on. So we don't want to take certification off the table. We just want to make sure we're focused on the process more than we are focused on just that end goal of you got to get a certification card. That's my metric. So, and and how do you find out if it's right for you? Seriously, the best thing is just pick up the phone. You know, shoot us an email, info at and we will... Put you in touch with one of the three of us, and we'll have a conversation about: Is coaching the right way for you, or are you better served by a, as Alan calls it, a transactional class, where you know you just go in, you do the class, and and you go away, and that's that's great if that's what serves you best. What we want to do is figure out what's best. So it starts with basically an entry phone call. It starts with an entry meeting, a you know a web conference or a series of emails or something like that. Once you're at that point, I want to go through the steps because I want to talk about how simple this is, right? Because now we're, we're onboarding athletes now this week and have been. And so basically, it's really simple. We have a form that you fill out. The form is cool, right? Who are you? What are your goals? What are your interests? Do you know who your coach is or do you want us to put you together with one? How much diving have you done? How often do you dive? You know, what's your level of health and fitness and all that? So you fill out the Coaching Start form, you fill out our normal waiver and registration form, and you subscribe to the program. It's a small monthly fee, and you get all the content, the online content for all of the courses in your category. And basically, your coach will then start putting these workouts in your calendar, and they will be whatever's appropriate for you, and whatever days are appropriate for you, and however much time per week you're willing to spend. So... You might start with academic sessions, we might litter in some videos, we might litter in some other content information, um, a simple core program, maybe some yoga, whatever it is you need to get you to that point. And then if you don't have a coach in mind, we will get together and look at where you are in terms of your diving and your region and your needs, and we will uh, introduce you to the person we think would probably be the best coach for you in the UTD system. Uh, and then you'll go have a conversation with that person. And we'll work that out until, you know, you've settled on your coach. The coach has settled on you. It can be a good symbiotic relationship. And then you're in. Um, you create your account on Training Peaks. We send you a quick link for that. And you wake up in the morning once a week. And you've got a week's worth of work to do based on how much time you're willing to commit every week. It's pretty simple.
1: It's a no-brainer. You leave the thinking to the instructor or the coach to tell you what to do and when to do it. Read this chapter on Wednesday.
0: <laughs> right, exactly. And, and so all of those components are, um, so we, for example, in the open water program, which we're, we're working on now, the open water academic sessions that you'll receive as an open water coaching athlete, where you're actually getting certified for the first time, line up with all our academic chapters. So the open water class has nine chapters. Each session you do on a day, it's 20 minutes to an hour and it eliminates what we talked about earlier, which is uh, that Ben was talking about, where you're getting this blast of information and your chances of retaining it are slim. And then once a week or every other week, you'll have a online meeting with your coach and maybe the rest of his team of athletes and you'll talk about where you all are you'll go over questions that are appropriate to what you're doing, you'll hear what other people are interested in, didn't understand, needed some clarification on, and then you move on, and then there'll be sessions on equipment maintenance, there'll be sessions on basic fitness so it might be a walk go for a walk for 20 minutes you know, if you're a maniac go for a 5 hour bike ride who are you, you going to be a maniac? <laughs> but, it, you know, <laughs> yeah, no. not in this group, <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> um, there'll be hydration information, nutrition information. We're pulling this all from third parties. So we're not asking our scuba instructors turn to coaches to become personal trainers, right? We're pulling this from outside. Um, and then you start working and you just start understanding, enjoying, and hopefully loving this process of getting you from A to B on a road that might be forever. You know, there may not be an end in sight. I don't see an end for me as a coached athlete. You know, every time I think, oh man, I wonder if I could do this on my own. You know, Danielson gives me something else that's like, holy crap, that's really interesting. I want to go explore that with him for three weeks, right? We're working on triggers now that help you relax in the middle of hard efforts. You know, we have these equivalencies in scuba diving to work on elements of diving that are just so not in the mainstream of uh, scuba training where we can bring you these these concepts and these ideas that will make you such a better diver.
1: Exactly, and we hope that it brings a mindset to the diving that that is different and more like signing up at a local gym. You don't go signing up for a local gym and say, hey, I want to sign up from now until April 5th, you know? You just sign up, and you go to that stuff. And if you like the people that come there, and you like the facilities, you just keep going there, and it just becomes a part of your, you know, weekly routine. And 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 that's where we're hoping this whole coaching system will go as well.
0: Yeah, and if it runs a cor- if it runs its course, it runs its course. So I have just one more thing I want to talk about tonight, um, because for me it's awesome. It's like two in the afternoon here, but you know it's like coming on midnight where these guys are in, in Europe. Um, what are your expectations as a coach of your athletes? And and Alan, especially for you want to keep it focused on scuba, not triathlon. So, <laughs> yeah. so when, it, when an athlete comes in and says, Alan, I want you to be my scuba coach, what do you expect of that athlete, of that scuba diver, of that student? I
2: would say clear dialogue because... I can't read people's minds, unfortunately. Unfortunately, or, or <laughs> yeah. um, and and so, if the if, if if the athlete comes in and says, "Okay, I I can accommodate these days," and and that's what I have to work with, which is fine, but people's lives are dynamic, they are busy, things happen. And and as you mentioned before, if if we say Tuesday, Thursdays, and Saturdays, but something happened on Thursday, and I go into the tool and I see that they haven't completed that uh, specific workout. Well, you know, I don't know why they didn't complete it, uh, and, and and therefore having that communication back and forth between the athlete and the coach is fundamental for me as a coach to be able to adjust the routine that I'm trying to get the athlete to perform so that the athlete, at the end of the day, is successful. Right? Um, if, if I'm having to infer why something hasn't been done, or I start seeing that there are a number of um, sessions that get missed and there is no communication back and forth. I cannot help that athlete. And it, it might be that situation has changed and we, we need to rethink the strategy or they're losing motivation, in which case that's where the coach has to come in and and, and see how to fix that uh, potential issue, um, and it might be that the athlete has a personal situation which is beyond my expertise, and therefore I would have to refer that person to a specialist. Uh, because coaches are not like life mentors. We are the coach for scuba diving, for you know your your lifestyle, but we're not your mentors for your life there's other we're not
0: your therapist either
2: exactly there there's people who are professionally trained to do that so that dialogue has to be has to flow right and and to me that's as a coach the the biggest expectation and it's not just for scoop diving it's it's also for for all the other sports that that i train i see this over and over um, you know, when when um, athletes overreach, which means that they go beyond what I've actually asked them to do. It's like, okay, once it's okay, twice, hey, you know, there's a structure, there's a plan. If you overdo it here, you're going to suffer the rest of the week. We need to get back into that communication to make sure that we're, we're seeing eye to eye.
0: So
2: that's... The, that would be my my biggest expectation of of, a, of an athlete that I'm coaching.
0: Ben, what are your expectations of your coached athletes?
1: Yeah, to, to, to tie into that, Alan, exactly. And also the realization from the athlete that the coach is on your team. So it, it's it, it has to be very clear that you don't have to perform for the sake of the coach, you perform for the sake of yourself, and the coach is there to give you a helping hand in structuring uh that you know process uh so yeah, I totally agree you have to have an open dialogue and an honest dialogue and feel completely unhindered in voicing any kind of you know um reservations you might have with the program or a reasoning behind why it didn't complete or why you want to, you know, overreach or stuff like that? So, so that's one thing I truly agree with as well. Um, on top of that, when what I expect from this, from the athlete when they come in to the coaching program, is to be honest about their current capabilities, both mentally, physically, and dive wise. Um, there's absolutely no point in that discussion to to overestimate your own abilities because it's just going to put a extreme big block in front of you as a student or as an athlete to progress from that because we're going to expect more than is reasonable and you're going to get demotivated by that so be honest and you know um, be assured that we're here as a mirror for you and not as a pointing finger. And and I think that's very important.
0: Yeah. And for me, I think it's really asking these athletes to embrace the process and just suspend an expectation of outcome, be it a certification card or a specific goal. Just use the process as the lifestyle and, and accept the fact that training, growing, Getting stronger, getting better, getting, you know, more involved in, you know, the ocean and conservation, all the things around scuba diving is part of the process. We know how to train this and it's really just a matter of accepting it. And if you accept the the process, then the outcome is inevitable. If you do the work in a structured training program as a runner, swimmer, cyclist, and you want to get on a podium, it's fundamentally inevitable that you'll be able to do that if you do the process scuba same thing so i think that's a good time to to bring this to a close and um, you know this is an it's an interesting road for the three of us and the other utd instructors who are taking on coaching athletes um because this has never been done before as far as we know and in a in scuba diving at least in a structured way you know, we talked to instructors that said, Yeah, I coach this client, I coach that client, but it's often for free. And I really believe free has no value. And it's all, almost always without structure. On the rare occasions, we get somebody who is a coach in another discipline, they come in, they have some structure to bring to it. What we're doing is we're bringing a ton of structure and a ton of training for the coaches. So when you get with your coach, that coach knows what he or she is doing. And can take you along on a ride that is going to be amazing and hopefully makes changes in you as a diver and as a human being, as a business person, as an employee, as a you know, spouse, partner, whatever it is. We want this to infect your whole lifestyle. So. There you go. All right. Well, thank you, everybody. Thank you, Alan. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Ben.
1: Thanks for listening, guys.
0: Wow. Yeah, and we'll look forward to seeing you soon.
1: Looking inside